Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yes, uh, you're not like other people. And I... Uh, uh, you're an individualist. He's what? 
Well, he knows what he wants, and he's not afraid to go after it. I'll say I ain't. Well, and he gets what he goes after, too, Professor. Yeah. You know, now and then you cough up what sounds like sense, Professor. You see, how old are these, all right? I should say, so nosy. Just like the cops. <laughs> oh, no, no. The police are interested in your crimes, Wilson, but I'm a psychologist, and what I want to know is something different. Such as what, Professor? Well, things like uh, his boyhood, uh, the green of the Oh, that's a lot of baloney. I had a book all about dreams once. It was just... A lot of junk. See, Professor, I had a dream and I was Bye, so sorry, lost. Bye, sorry. I'm interested in what you're Look, Professor. You ever heard of anyone having a dream more than once? The same dream, I mean? Yeah. Any people have recurring dreams? What does it mean? Well, usually, a very deep-seated fixation. What's a, a fixation? Well, something one did that left a deep effect on the subconscious mind. You see, Wilson, we all have two minds. Yeah? Uh, the conscious and subconscious. It's in dreams and instinctive feelings that the subconscious comes out. Yeah, gee, Josh, I could sit and listen to you talk all night. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? So, so other people get them, too, huh? Yeah. You know, Professor... I've had a dream. I've been dreaming ever since I was a kid. Well, tell me about it. Well, you see it. Ah, no. Why talk about it? Well, why not? Uh, perhaps I can help you. I don't trust you, mister. You don't trust anyone, do you? Will? I never found anyone I could trust. Well, uh, tell me about the father and mother, Wilson. They both kicked off when I was a kid. She brought you up. My aunt. She was a meanest, no good, drunken... Did she beat you? Yeah, when she was drinking, she was always that way. Well, didn't you have anyone you were fond of? No. That is, like... No, nobody at all. Well, but how? What about time? Shut up. But you told me your last I'm telling you to keep your nose out of it. What's the matter with you? Nothing's the matter with me. He was your cousin, wasn't he? Honey, it's got nothing to do with it. Oh, gee, Professor, I don't know why he always gets there every time anybody mentions it. Are you going to shut up? All right, all right, Pat. Forget it. I guess you must have thought a lot of this, Tiny, didn't you, Wilson? Was he your aunt's daughter? Yeah, yeah. You grew up together? Yeah, she always used to... Well, go on. You were about to say that... Uh... Oh, nuts. I wasn't going to say anything. Yes, but if you tell me about her, I... I think... said I don't want to talk about it. Skip it. <laughs> situation already bad enough is further complicated by the untimely arrival of Fred Landis, one of my students who came to bid me goodbye. Wilson forced me to admit Fred and then proceeded to taunt the boy over his helplessness. Fred, young and hot-headed, threw caution away and... You better keep that trap of your shut. I'm telling you, wise guy. Now, suppose I don't like being told. Suppose I tell you what I think of you and your, your yellow kind. Oh, Fred, don't be a fool. Do what Wilson says. Let him shoot his mouth off, Professor. Look at him. He's scared stiff. Uh, so I'm scared. But don't kid yourself. It's not you I'm scared of. To the credit of that gun of yours. Just how brave would you be without it? That's one thing you ain't never going to find out, sweetheart. Get over by that wall. Yeah. Come on, come on, move. What are you going to do? I'm going to teach this college chap a lesson. I've been aching for a long time to take a crack at one of those rah-rah steps, and now i got a chance. So you think I'm yellow, do you? Well, wise guy, this will learn you how yellow I am. Helplessly die and then refused to let him send for a doctor. I determined on a desperate chance to destroy the gangster by putting the one weapon at my command, my knowledge of psychology, words against his grim gun. For the four long hours that followed, I played Wilson with questions in a ceaseless effort to gain his confidence and break down his mental defenses. In some measure, I succeeded because the next morning, the girl maybe came down the stairs worried and angry. Say, Professor, what are you doing to Hall anyway? When you got me talking to you last night, you was mean and shaking like a leaf. Well, I'm only trying to help Hal, maybe. No, don't make me laugh. Why should you want to help him? I said there was something fishy about you, and there is. 
Ron's getting white to you. Ron has getting white to you, too. And if you don't want to end up on a marble slab, or you lay off that screwy talk to you. Come on, come on, sister. Get on downstairs. What's the idea, Hal? What are you bringing the nurse down here for? She can take care of the door and the phone. Remember what I told you, sister? Yes, Nobody's home. Doctor and Mrs. Shelby went out of town and won't be back until tonight. That's good. And see if you don't forget. Oh, Professor, how'd you like spending the night in handcuffs? I didn't sleep much, Wilson. Neither did I, so we're even. What kept you awake? Nothing you had to say, Mr. You've got to stop listening to him, Hal. He can spill more things in five minutes to make a guy sick. Oh, promise me you won't pay no attention to what he said. He ain't putting nothing over on me. I know what he's trying to do. Do you, Wilson? Yeah. I've got a hunch you're trying to get me all boiled up so I won't know where I'm at. Oh, I told him you was right to him, Hal. Something tells me to drill you right now. So I keep on letting you talk. Why? Because you know down deep these things worry you and you've got no one else to turn to but me. Oh, yeah? Oh, uh, let's get out of here. Stop worrying, will you? I ain't afraid of this guy and his talk. Now get upstairs and keep an eye on the dame and the kid. Go on, go on, go oh, on. Oh, all right. Honey, the sooner we get out of here, the better. Now you're in bad shape, Wilson. Nuts. Did you know you're suffering from paranoia? What's that? Well, we'll say, for instance, uh, you're driving a car. You can see the road, trees, automobiles, houses, just like anyone else. But then, then sometimes you become aware of another thing, something you can't see but can feel. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yes, you do. It drives into going faster and faster and follow. No. You can't take it off. You can't get rid of it. It's always just behind. No. And then... No, no, it's a lie. It's a lie. Who told you that? What are you talking about, Lee? All right, it's a lie. But if it's a lie, why bother about it? Sit down. Don't get excited. What do you want to talk that way for? But don't get to no place with me. No, perhaps not. No. How do you know that about me? It is always behind you, isn't it, Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, I guess as I look back on it, I know there's nothing there before I look. Well, don't go away. It almost drives me nuts. It kind of moves. Moves, huh? How? I don't know. Sort of like it was swing. Yeah. Well, that's the same impression you get from that pillar of stone in your dream, isn't it? As though it were high and swinging. As though it were always just about to crush you. Yeah. In the dream, it's like I was running like crazy, but I couldn't get away from it. Yeah, does this feeling, this danger, seem to come from any specific force connected with a man or a woman? I don't know. Have you ever had a feeling that is a, an almost instinctive sensation that something horrible, something in the shape of a girl or a woman, is about to swing on your shoulders from behind and above you? Don't you? Have you? Yeah, yeah. Is it always a girl? Yeah. I, I don't know. What makes me forget? What do I think about it? I, I don't know. Well, yes or no, as the case may be, is your instinctive reaction and answer. And then your conscious brain goes to work and you lose it. Listen, what's that noise? <laughs> you jump it. It's only a girlfriend maybe coming down the stairs. Oh. What do you want me to Well, the mystery's in the kid is safe. I found a big room in the attic that can be locked up from the outside, and I figured that I... Hey, where's that niece? What's that? The niece. Oh, she's gone. Gone? You mean... Oh, she's not out of it, Hal. She's going to get away. Yeah, just quick. Out the back way, Major. Get back. Don't shoot like you have to. I'm going out the first as soon as I tie this guy up. Okay, Hal. Listen to me, Missy. That nurse gets away. I'm going to get that kid of yours down here and let him have it. Then your wife and then you. So get that great mind of yours working and figure out a way around that one. It seemed like hours that I stood there, tied to the banister, waiting for Wilson and the others to return. In reality, they were back in a few minutes. Dr. Wilson had caught the nurse before she had been able to give the alarm. Moaning and sobbing, she was taken upstairs. Maybe stay behind to give me a word of warning. Now get this, Professor, and get it straight. This was your fault. And from now on, you lay off all I talked to them hand in hand. Now, why don't you let Hal speak for himself? Well, because he ain't wise, that's why. 
He gets himself in jam sometimes, and I have to look after him. I, I'm kind of crazy about him, see? <laughs> well, you, you think you know this pal of yours pretty well, and you probably do under most circumstances, but uh, not the present one. If you interfere at the wrong moment, you may get the shock of your life. Well, you're not telling me about that, are you? Take care of the nurse. I'll untie this guy myself. Okay, honey. Is the girl hurt? Not that much. If she means anything to you, Professor, it might make you feel better to know it was your fault. Well, why don't you put the blame where it belongs? What do you think I'm doing? You mean me. But you're wrong. You fell down on your job. Uh, well, suppose Bucket let it slip out that door. What would you have done? I'd have plugged him. Exactly. I won't let nobody. But this was different. I never let nothing like this ever happen before. I'll take good care it never happens again, mister. Yes, but it will happen again. It must happen again and again, as long as that something follows you and drives you into going faster and faster. So you can't think until nothing matters except that horrible thing swinging behind you, all the just behind you. Swinging, swinging. It's a lie! It's a dirty, rotten lie! I wanted to say something. You had to have made India, wasn't you? You know why? You're scared. Scared? I've never been scared in my life. Well, that's not true. Now, call me a liar. I don't take that from nobody. Well, I'm sorry. You better be. But if you're not afraid of anything, what are you trying to escape from? What do you mean? Well, you're like a man running down a blind alley in the dark. Suppose I am. Well, what are you going to do when you reach the end? The place where you can't go any further. You better shoot. Keep on shooting. Well, don't delude yourself. What do you mean? You're on the run now. You can't stop the thing. You have to depend entirely on your instinctive reaction. Sooner or later, that's going to fail. And when it goes, you're not going to wind up in any blaze of guns and glory. You're going to crack up. Crack up. You mean I'll... Yes, quick was in the cop. Right behind you. Well, what? What are you trying to do? Get the fuck out of me. No, no, no. I'm merely trying to show you what I mean. You had a mental picture of a cop in that window, and your reaction was automatic. You whirled around, gun in hand. Sure, I did. Yes, but suppose there had really been a cop there. And when you turned, ready to shoot, the cop suddenly became someone else. Someone else? Yes, Buck, or maybe a tiny, for instance. Huh? That would be a nightmare, wouldn't it? You pull your gun on a cop, and he suddenly turns into tiny. You couldn't shoot him then, but in that split second, the cop could shoot you. And he would work in a joke. How could a cop turn in a tiny... Yes, see, that sounds foolish, doesn't it? But it's not. Your brain has been doing things to you. Lots of things you don't understand. Why did you beat that nurse so badly? Because she ran out. I wanted to teach her a lesson. No, Weston, that wasn't it. Who did you see when you looked at her and started to hit her? What do you mean? I saw the nurse. I didn't see nobody but the nurse. Oh, oh I'm getting worried about you. Whom did you see, Weston? Answer me. You let Hal alone. Now, you let him alone, dear. You're Answer me, Wilson. Whom did you see? No, that's him, Hal. Let's pay no attention to what he says. You beat that nurse because she looked like your cousin Tommy. No, no, it's a lie. It's a lie. You better stop pounding at him. Oh, oh, honey, look at me and don't listen to him. Keep away from me. Let me alone. But I want to help you, honey. Can't you see he's driving your nuts? Oh, keep quiet, maybe, or I won't answer for the consequences. You can't scare me, mister. Oh, oh, you better come away with me. Oh, oh, what's the matter? What are you looking at me like that for? Then you come back. You couldn't stay away. Oh, what's the matter? It's me. It's me. You're tiny. That's who you are. Tiny, you dirty double-crossing little. Oh, oh stop. You don't have to say it. I'll fix you so you won't come back no more. Oh, oh don't. Oh, please, oh. It's me. It's me. It's not my gun. Oh. Listen. Listen. I'll give it to you, too. Now, listen to me, Wilson. Listen to me, I say. I'm not going against you. I'm trying to help you. Put that gun down. Put it down, I say. Hell, what was the shooting? Anything wrong? No, uh, an accident, Buck. Come on, put yourself together with him. Did you hear me? Did you understand what I'm saying? It's me. He's he dead, Hell. What? What? Did you want to knock her off for? Then knock her off. Back who? Maybe. 
I've been telling you the truth, and you know it. I've been holding up a mirror of your life. Take a look in that mirror, Wilson. Maisie's in there, and tiny, tiny, you look like your aunt, your aunt and your feet. Look, Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, That's why I killed Tiny. You look like my aunt and I hated her. No, no, I didn't. I loved Tiny. I loved her, but I killed her. I loved Maisie. I killed her, too. Yeah. One by one, you've destroyed all the things you set store by. You're alone now, Wilson. All alone. Yeah, I know, I know, but it wasn't my fault. I never had a chance. They drove me, haunted me. So I've got a right to fight for his life, ain't he? Yes, but not to go against the whole structure of society the way you have. Now you know what you've done and why. And you can never escape that knowledge. You're finished, Wilson. You know that now, don't you? Hell, hell, Nick, with the boat. Come on, let's see it. You and Nick, you're gone. Why aren't you coming with us? Get out. Do you hear me? Get off! Okay, hell. I'm going. Well, why didn't you go, Wilson? Well, it's your right. Just spend no place for me to go. Here's my gun, Doc. Come on, go on, take it. I got it coming. You won't? No, Wilson. It's your problem now. You'll have to work it out yourself. Uh, I guess I can take it. Come on, Doc. Hello, uh, operator. Uh, operator, uh, let me have the police. Ah, uh, hello, hello, uh, this is Professor Shelby. Yeah, uh, will you come out right away? What? It's a suicide case. Carl Wilson is dead. Well, thank you, I'll be waiting. Lord. I feel like a murderer myself. G. Robinson, Broderick Crawford, and Isabel Jewell for an absorbing performance. It was a pleasure to be here, Mr. Bradley. We know how much this radio program contributes to the Motion Picture Relief Fund and its country house. And we all feel it's a great privilege to share in that work.
tonight's Lady Esther Screen Guild show is being heard by our service men and women overseas through the worldwide network and shortwave facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther. Thank you and good night. <laughs>